0: Yeah, so hey, Zach, I want to say th- first of all, thank you for coming on. I, um, I, it's been such a long time since we talked, and uh, I know um, you've done such great things in your career that I, I couldn't wait to get you on because I know that uh, you know we kind of started off. We all I kind of had a similar <clears throat> career. I mean, we were both in Germany, I think at the same time. I want to around the same time, and uh-huh. uh, both were at the Rangers, and then but then you kind of like went on a different trajectory and you started like really excelling, and I, I thought that was really awesome and. Uh, like I said, I can't, I can't thank you enough for coming on the podcast and um, yeah, so uh, I guess what, I, what I'd like to do, if I could just start off with, um, you know, what got you interested in the military? Like, tell me about a little bit about your, before that you got in the military, what prompted you to join? And
1: we'll just kind of go from there. Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, a little bit about my background from Chattanooga, Tennessee. A lot of people love that, that scenic city, yeah, uh, yeah. but I grew up in uh, downtown and the West Side Projects and, uh, you know, went to an old black school. Uh, all black neighborhood, and years later, my mom got remarried, and we moved from Chattanooga, Tennessee to Jasper, Tennessee. Population like thirty six hundred, very small. Uh-huh. So, so I went from being the uh, the majority minority to the minority minority, right? So now <laughs> I'm in all white school, uh, all white town, and again, it's not good or bad; it's just different, right? So sure, sure. You, you change your environment, Mister Sat, and you know there, everyone worked at the foundry or the local, you know, uh, local facility for uh, uh for work and it's like man i don't want to stay around here and you know just look for the next new truck or new bass boat and that's it uh it wasn't a great student not because i wasn't smart I just didn't care right so yeah i know what yeah it's like <laughs> what, what can i do besides get out of here you know but be productive and uh you know i saw the uh, marine corps commercial uh i saw a marine fighting dragons with fire swords and I knew fire source didn't exist. I knew Dragon did not exist, but looked pretty cool. <laughs> right, I to go. right, right. <laughs> so I actually uh, delayed enlisted uh, for the Marine Corps. And then uh, before I signed the paperwork to, uh, you know, fully commit, uh, you know, Air Force Staff Sergeant got a hold of me and uh, told me about this thing uh, called CCT and TAC P and PJ, and the rest is history. So yeah. not, not by design at all. It's by default. I kind of stumbled into it for sure.
0: So did you um... – when you got did you have a guarantee going into basic or did you have to like try out when you went to basic or how did that work for you
1: yeah so you know back when we joined you had to have a, a regular afsc because of the washout rate or probably just the lack of understanding how it worked so right. um my my job was f-16 crew chief that's okay. my job in air force <laughs> uh you know so when I fell out attack p I can go to f-16 crew chief but luckily I didn't do that so right. yeah uh, actually a good friend of ours, at Nick DePago we're in the same uh basic training class oh so. no kidding yeah yeah so that. that's the longest uh person i've known in the military you know day one um whatever flight i was in you know yeah, yeah. He and i was in the same class and you know he served with the Rangers with us as well so yeah yeah, yeah
0: did you guys go to tech school together as well
1: absolutely yeah same oh, okay. same class yeah oh, no, yeah that's so cool basic training and and i uh, went out to tech school and we both went to germany oh <laughs> really know, yeah and then <laughs> uh, for germany i went to Bragg. i think he stayed in germany a little bit longer than we both end up ended up at the Ranger Battalion, the Ranger Regiment. And I was yeah, at yeah. Uh, he's at three seventy five, I think, and I was at two seventy five.
0: So. Yeah, he was at three seventy
1: five with us. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's just uh so he and I we go we go way back from from day one.
0: <laughs> nice. So um when you got out of tech school, you said did you go straight to Germany from there? That was your first assignment, or did you go somewhere first uh, out of tech school?
1: Uh no, I went straight to Germany. So okay. you know, was in the airborne program, you know, you have to compete, the you know, the best fitness yeah, yeah. guys and and so I was in that program, and that's back when I was a lot slimmer, uh, about, about 162, you know. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, same height, you know, 6'3", 162. Uh, wow. I was relatively fast, you know. I, I yeah. remember uh, one of my two-mile runs in tech school was like uh, 1156 or something like that, you know. That's smoking. Yeah. yeah don't ask me to do that now, man. I, <laughs> no, no way. Yeah. I'm too, I couldn't do it, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> But, uh, but, you know, the airborne program's like, hey, you know, you got to give up your, your assignment to Germany for a potential airborne slot and potentially go to Fort Bragg. I'm like, mm, Germany airborne. I heard some good things about Germany. I'm going to, I think I'm going to try this Germany thing out and i try to do airborne later. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, went straight to Germany. I would say as a uh, non-military, but it's a, a perspective-wise, being 18 years old in a foreign country, you know, coming from the demographic I was telling you about. Yeah. Uh, in a small town, joined the Air Force. Now I'm in Europe and on my own, and like, wow, this is awesome. You know, got my uh, bug for traveling. You know, I traveling, and then I'm at 52 countries now. But I would say that that, you know, sparked a lot of things and shaped my worldview on how I see things. And so I think that was the great choice. But, but then follow up, went to Fort Bragg, went to Airborne School anyway. So it was, it was the right choice.
0: Right, right. Yeah. i think that's pretty forward thinking that's for an 18 year old to think like I, yeah i could do this i could go to north carolina but then you know to, to have that foresight to think about how germany would be kind of like a uh, like a life broadening kind of a, a decision i mean that's pretty forward thinking right, you? Yeah. i wish i had that master
1: design you know like grand design planning you know, i'm sitting back there you know with the pipe you know right. i was like i was like man germany sounds pretty cool i never been there before let's go you know, so. <laughs>
0: uh yeah okay so how, how was that for you how was you you were with um where were you in germany where did you get stationed there it's in that
1: Wurzburg, so Wurzburg, germany second asos okay. at the time okay uh, it's now in, i think in Vilseck, but yeah second asos uh great city uh versburg is probably about an hour and a half hour south of frankfurt just for reference point you know it's closed down okay. called lake and barracks uh but man I had great great supervisors man um you know, I, I say my life has been a bunch of contrast, comparing contrast. The reason why I started out the story from you know growing up in a quote unquote hood to growing up in rural America. Uh, I find you know, discernment comes from the details and the differences. If you look at something, you look at the differences. That's where you find your discernment. And so, just having those two environments early on, before eighteen, shaped my worldview as well. Then going to to Germany shaped my worldview as well and then within our career field back when we came in i would say we probably had it was one career field on paper but it's probably about four sections we had the armor guys who was death before dismount right, we right. had the, uh, the 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 infantry guys right we had yeah. the airborne and then we had the soft right and right. no one cross talked you know within this career field it was you know yep them against us and yeah a lot and, of animosity
0: that didn't need to be there for sure
1: yeah it was crazy i look at i look at it now and it's non-existent that's good but i remember yeah. those times and and uh i remember when i told my sergeants in in, in germany i want to go to fort bragg I'm like man those guys not do casts this jump boys and this 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 right and and i would say those uh armor guys in germany they weren't all the cool sexy badges and everything but yeah. those dudes knew close air support for sure for sure. for sure. I mean yeah. those those ins and outs and major combat operations. And definitely. I think I was a uh, decent Ranger J type because of being a good uh you know romad if you, back in the day for right. armor and mechanized infantry. I mean, that's the foundation, right? For sure. Uh, but but looking at those, you know, the 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 differences is you know, compare and contrast the two. And I remember I think it was Harris when I got on the phone's like, where you coming from? I told him, goes, Hey, it'll be one of those fat armor dudes coming here to the airborne. We do PT here. Right. And blah, you know, and it's, yeah, again, yeah. it's, it's the whole thing, you know, it's all good, but you yeah, know, yeah. I was like throughout my career as I, uh, you know, was reflecting after you know retiring, uh, you know, last month, um, I said, like, man, what, you know, how did I stumble to these things? And I think it's just the contrast and look at the contrast in life, uh, has helped me along the way for sure. For sure. Yeah.
0: Um, did you, what years were you over there in, in Germany?
1: I was there? Um, came in '96, uh, and I was in Germany '97 to '99. Okay.
0: Was Bosnia or anything going on still at the time? Did you get to do any rotations over there at all? Or absolutely, that... absolutely.
1: Okay. I think I was in the Air Force 14 months on my first deployment. So oh yeah. Came in September '96, and I was deployed to Bosnia like November, December '97. Wow. How'd that go? How was that? That was crazy. You know, I thought I was going to World War III. You know, You've been in the military for 14 months. <laughs> <laughs> And man, talk about a you know talk about a clown show. Um, I mean yeah. Versberg, and you know you think it's the the, the big complex and get dropped off at the door and people take care of you, you know. And I was like, hey man, good luck with that. You are now, and all their equipment was big back then. Just remember, oh, hammer yeah. a sleeping bag, you know, like this big around, you know, like the <laughs> hay. Um I had to hand carry my MVGs, my PVS fives. In a separate case, you know, right. almost almost like a to your wrist with a handcuff. you know, don't lose that. Right, right. And I'm like, yeah, I think I had like I don't know, six, seven bags. And they took me to the train station in Wurzburg. Here's this nineteen year old kid taking the train to uh Frankfurt on public, you know, German train with all this kid to try oh to my get to, God. The, to try to get over to Rheinmine to you know the lift and man, it was a it was a clown show. And and when I did get to Bosnia there's some strikes going on. And again, you know, all, all our OIF stuff, you know, nothing, right? It's a peacekeeping mission. Sure. But for a 19 year old kid, man, it was the world, right? And yeah. There's nothing going on in the 90s since, you know, Desert Storm and, you know, 93 in, uh, in uh, Somalia. But, and I get there and there's no no transportation from Tuzla, Maine to Camp Bat Rock, which is where I was supposed to be stationed. Mm hmm. No one. To, uh, I think I met Donnie Hayes there. You know, that's the okay. first time I Donnie Hayes, who's at the Main, uh, Eagle Main. And I was like, "Hey man, I got to get to Bedrock. They're waiting for me, like now. You know." So I hitched a ride with some MP units doing patrols. Like, man, get in the back of the, you know, slanted Humvee, sit in the middle, and like this, no seat. You know. <laughs> Jeez. I get to I get to Bedrock. They drop me off at the front gate. Now carrying all my stuff through the camp. Camp, like, hey, where's the Air Force guys in? Man, talk about clown show. Yeah. I get there, Chuck Holbrook. What's my see. Oh, okay. Right? So, so talk about another another leadership opportunity, right? Sure. Not a not a sexy airborne guy, you know. dude, new closer support. Oh, yeah. new leadership, and I would say uh, uh, I owe a lot of my leadership success, if you will, uh, from Chuck Holbrook. Anyway, he's like, uh, I said, hey, where's Geraldo Mercado? He's another guy. He's an armor guy. I knew him from Germany. He goes, Oh man, he's he's out doing missions with special ops. I'm like, Really? Yeah, he got AC 130. I'm Like, okay, where's so and so? Oh man, he's out with the other special op teams. They're doing, you know, some secret stuff. He's making all this stuff up. I'm, I'm believing him. Oh. You know, it's Bosnia, it's cold. He goes, yeah. Hey, you ready? I'm like, ready for what? He goes, Hey man, you gotta go on patrol, you got air coming on, you got F-16s coming on in, in like in an hour. Again, I've been in the Air Force 15 months. Not an e-tag roman. Yeah. He goes hey here's this here's this book here's the regulations and everything you need to know it's this big book it's just thick and he's like all right. And right i'm standing there and i'm reading i'm like skimming you know try to prepare right and and about i don't know 10 15 minutes later he goes hey man you ready to get any questions i was like yeah he goes what's that? I said, can I, do I have time to get my winter boots he's like yeah go get them on i'll go put them on i'll grab my stuff he's like Man, I just want to check and see how you how you act under pressure, man. Uh, <laughs> Ricardo's at the gym. Hazel uh, Time is over at the chow hall, man. Let's see anything going on. <laughs> but, but you know, <laughs> you know, it's like, hey, man, that sounds about cool right. That sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, that's not too dis. That's not too different from what we have to do in OIF. You know, for sure, baby. for sure, you know, yeah. Exact same thing, right? Figure it out. So yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. From then on, uh, you know, Chuck always had a looked out for me. From then on, so yeah, I appreciate. Yeah, he's him. a good dude. He, that was. Yeah, it was a real shame
0: what happened to him. But um, he, yeah. yeah, he was one of the good ones, man. One of the good ones, for sure, for sure, for sure.
1: Hey, where were you at in Germany?
0: I was at Vilseck. I was at Rose Barracks with. Um, right. We went. Uh, I went to Bosnia with one quarter calf, uh, like in ninety. I want to say 94 95 something like that but okay. they, we didn't really do anything it was the same with you it was like peacekeeping and you would travel you you know we did more of like a um we would guard mass grave sites you know they were they were excavating all those bodies and stuff and we were just kind of like pull security for them in case any serbs came over to try to stop us from doing it but there was no it was nothing I mean nothing really ever came of it so
1: that's with the two six uh armor
0: for first okay.
1: first armor division okay yeah but that's a good place for young eat you know romance all the cast we had right oh yeah man oh my goodness yeah because we 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 used to go
0: because vilsack was right close to graphing so we would just we'd go right over to Graf, and there'd be like tornadoes that would just come over on the regular and you know do all kinds of stuff yeah mirage
1: yeah yeah that's
0: a good point yeah there was like so many different like uh foreign aircraft that would you got to
1: control over there yeah it was awesome and and, you know again dating ourselves so the sits cast integrated targeting system right i forgot about that yeah right right you know yeah. like oh man we got this new thing in our chest like dude we've been doing that since 95 you know i know if it was this yeah, you big, had like you know?
0: that what was it, like that computer and then you had the radio and then you had like a, there was like three or four components to that thing or something wasn't it or the
1: psn yeah. 11
0: the big bulky gps oh right right right
1: with the 800 cables that thick you know and you <laughs> right. connect to the to the 113 and yeah, the yeah tablet was that thick and this big you know and had a big suitcase that went with it you know but we're right right we're doing data you know and,
0: yeah yeah You yeah had to, like but, break it out real, i mean you had to like hook all these things together yeah it was <laughs> it's kind of a mess
1: yeah you know so you know this it's doing that and you know a lot of you guys remember just the nine line the 11 line and the 15 line mm, that's right that's right i forgot about yeah. that yeah it was, it was three it was three lines and then we had wigs 84 and european 79.
0: that's right Europe was a different thing. I mean, like you said, it, there was so many different intricacies you had to, it wasn't just the standard stuff. Like you had to learn all the other stuff too, like the NATO and
1: yeah, it was interesting.
0: I had a, yeah. I had a good time over there. I, I had a blast. Yeah. I ain't, I ain't gonna talk about my
1: off-duty time, man. That was, by the time I got yeah, to Fort Bragg, I'm like, I'm not partying anymore. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm good for a lifetime.
0: Yeah. I know what you mean.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so let's talk about that. So Fort Bragg, I mean, that's like, we. Uh, there's a, been a lot of guys on here that have gone through Bragg or had some interactions with Bragg. And it's 14th ASOS has always been traditionally like one of the, you know, premier units. You know, there's a lot of hard chargers there. A lot of, a lot of soft guys come out of there. So yeah, tell me about that. Tell me about that experience. Uh great. As you know,
1: your your environment matters, right? Sure. And the 14th ASOS is a prime example. There's no way, it's just coincidence that all the great leaders we had in our career field and has also become great leaders uh, within the Air Force they so happen to be at or go through or has some association with Fort Bragg. It's right. not a coincidence. Right. The the environment you operate within, you know, whether civilian life, you know, kids on the street, you know, no matter what color you are uh, or, or demographic you are, your environment matters. Mm-hmm. And you know, the 14th Ace House is a prime example that for good or bad, you know, we had great leaders like when I was there, it was uh, uh, Mark Vilela, you know, and then Roger Cross and Marty Klukas and like... Dude, if you can't if you can't thrive with those type of leaders, man, I, I don't I don't know what to, what to tell you. you know? Yeah, yeah. We had, you know, Drew Ford and you know all, all right. those guys, man. And then your peer group, you know, uh, you know, you he, he try to be the best man, but for sure you don't want to be the last man, right? Oh, so, for sure. <laughs> and, and you know, and 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 I hate this term because it's overused, but iron sharpens iron. But you know. Man, you know, guys were the hustle. I had my first set of roommates were um, DT and Jeff Mariano. Okay. And so we call, it, we call it NATO, even though Mexico is not part of NATO, but we had, a, <laughs> we had an Italian, a Mexican, and a black guy living together, you know? Right. And right. Then, yeah, I moved over from that. And then um, Avon Ruiz and Keith Griefer were my roommates, you know? And, you know, Avon Ruiz went over to become a Power Rescue and uh, PJ and you know, earned the, the Air Force Cross, you know, Service Cross recipient, you know, all these great things. And yeah, yeah. yeah you know, back we're in shape. And, and I was like, hey, man, if you eat three times a day, you got to work out three times a day. You know, so we go do VPT at 14th, the uh, Imperial 14th ASOS. Mm-hmm. And then when uh, for lunch, we do a run, swim, run. So we run a mile, swim a mile, run a mile. And then the three of us doing calisthenics at nighttime, you know. Nice. Man, tell about being in some great shape. Don't ask me yeah. to do that now. You know, those are the good old days for sure. Yeah. But, man, but the 14 was great. Um, Again, compare and contrast, right? You uh, know, I was thinking about, it, this just came out recently. I said, I just retiring. Right? I was trying to reflect on my career, you know, lessons learned. You know, you want to bring something, in, you know, through experience. And, you know, we're talking about the fifteen nine, the 11-line, and the 9-line, and European versus American, you know, compare and contrast. That's where I, you know, learn some of the TTPs from. And then going from armor to fort bragg you know comparing contrast right the the discernment is in the the differences in the details and i tell you man the 14th was awesome uh, had a great crew crew of guys um but yeah man, a lot of my schools was there you know so now i've been in for two plus years almost three years but i'm behind my peer group you know i'm a1c now uh these guys been there for three years jumping i'm a five jump chomp but hey man, I got some some ground to make up. So uh in 24 months, in less than 24 months, um, to include a rotation to Kuwait, I got 64, 65 jumps. Nice. And I'm not talking about, you know, free fall halo when we're doing Hollywood, it's all nice. You know, it's on old school static line, 82nd airborne, mass tack, you know, the whole nine, right? And just yeah. to play catch up, you know, and front four brag, I got my my JM with to John Master School there at the 82nd Airborne John Master School the John Master School by the way I um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, went to uh, Air Assault um, Pathfinder you know and met a, a great friend of mine uh, man that's that's my you know my my brother from another mother A. Martins you know yeah yeah he's, he's another guy went to a lot of things where well, he was the best man at my wedding oh no kidding yeah. I didn't know that yeah I went yeah, to JTAC to together um, cool. Uh, you know, went out to Nell's went to do the Nellis course, with the air assault school. Uh we both said, man, you know, I don't, I don't know about this type P thing, man. It's nothing going on, you know. He's like, Man, let's just try it for a ranger type P. Okay. So we did that together. Nice. We also said, Hey, let's try it for Special Missions Union on the other side of Fort Bragg, you know, the, yeah. the one that Chuck Norris used to work for,
0: you know. Right, right.
1: <laughs> and uh so Abe made all the calls, and we did the first interview and PT test. They went to the second interview and PT test and assessment, we went to the third assessment. We went to the fourth assessment together. Okay. And he and I got a orders for the long walk. And so uh, we went to the commanders like, hey, uh, we're going to go to do the long walk in October and we're going to cross train to the Army. And we just had one, asked one th- thing for the Army like, hey, can you put in writing, you know, if we don't make it through the training, and because the way it worked is when you leave the Air Force, you go through the long walk. At some point, before you a full-up pledged member, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're vetted, you're not in the Air Force anymore. Right. You're in the Army. Right. Right. And so it's like, hey, can you put in there, at least if we don't make it, we become like 18 series or something, not like 11 bang bang. Cause I don't want to go down to, you know, down yeah. to the don't know 80 deuce and start doing hut hut you know nothing wrong right. no, no no offense to those guys but I didn't want to do that right it's not what you're looking for yeah, yeah. that's not, not what I'm looking, looking right. for man right. you know and yeah. so it's like yeah no problem and then that summer so we did that and I'm successful had our orders in hand I actually still got my orders probably somewhere in that shelf know, it was pretty cool and um uh he went to ranger school that summer and I went to Kuwait that summer okay and uh, I work with uh the conventional unit but because of all my assessments I got to meet guys like Larry Patton yeah. And uh, Todd Gannon was over there, you know, uh, fourteen guy, but I also met him over there and sees uh, Terry, okay. Terry Langley, non-soft guy, but great leader, great cast guy. And yeah. this is right after Jason Faley, uh was killed. Okay. You know, at the Udara range, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. And it was uh, yeah, it's horrible. And actually uh, my rotation, we opened the range back up. Oh, okay. And uh, just a little note, you know, Help keep, keep keep me on track because my brain goes all over the place. But um we help open the range back up. I have a piece of uh the Humvee that uh Tim Cruising and Jason Fayley were standing next to. Really? And I have a piece of bomb fragment from that incident, and this right here is bomb fragment from Jason Faley's fatality. I picked this up off the off the ground back in 2001, you know, I guess now 20, 21 years ago yeah. um, from, from the range. And so I always kept that with me, you know, for two decades. But to remind you about, you know, uh, whether it's training or not, what we do is real. But for sure. um, so going, going through that and uh, I got back from Kuwait, I think September the, I don't know, 7th or something like that. Mm -hmm. september 11th and so you know i'm there at fort bragg and at some point the commander said hey i know you guys gonna do the the long walk in in october but uh do you want to be part of the second wave of guys going to afghanistan i'm like yep i don't know where afghanistan is at but yeah i want to go right and so (laughs) back to a martins uh a martins and i we both went to afghanistan together in 2001. i think it was late october november think November 2001 we went over to Afghanistan okay so so and I we go way back as well
0: yeah yeah he's a great dude so tell me about that tell me about that deployment how was that first deployment for you I mean I know a lot of guys have different experiences on that initial push or what whatever your initial push was to you know after the towers came down I mean it was kind of we were all there's like a real visceral kind of a rage that we all had I mean tell me so tell me about your your initial deployment over there
1: yeah, you know how we talk about a lot of guys talk talk noise until it's time to to act, right? I want to do this, I want to do that, you know, and you know we to seen those jodies, anybody, somebody started a war. Right. And so right. excited, you know, you don't want to practice football enough to get to play in a football game. Sure. Right. And so now it's now it's go time. Uh, I think for me, uh, expectations were set by my uh, now father in law and my uncle. So, my uncle, he was a Vietnam vet, uh, quarter calf, mortarman, Purple Heart recipient, uh, very familiar with close air support, call out a cast as a army person, oh, nice. two tours. And then also my father in law, you know. And it, they respect me being a military, and, you know, what I did is attack P, but it was still a wall there. Both those individuals, Vietnam vets, my father-in-law, Marine. If you're familiar with San, you know, yeah, for sure, five thousand wow. Marines surrounded by you know almost twenty thousand you know North Vietnamese Army. That yeah, he was yeah. there, right? So he understands wow. close air support too, right? Yeah. And so when I got the the go, the green light to go to Afghanistan, you know, they both independently of each other, you know, called to, to have a sit down talk with me about about combat expectations management. And, hey, this is the real deal. So now I've earned. Uh, the right to listen to them, for them to open up and share, and you know they share with a, a whole host of things. But I, you know, I'll, I'll share maybe two things. Uh, you know, my uncle told me he goes, you know, the things that keep you up at night and, and causes nightmares and causes you to lose your mind. It's not the things that you have to do, but the things that you didn't have to, but you chose to anyway. Right? That's not in textbook. No, yeah. you know, that's 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 experience, you know yeah and you know my father-in-law talk about the clarity of mind you know don't don't be upset if you're upset either happy that you're you know taken to the enemy or you you're you're in fear for your life whatever the case may be whatever emotion that clouds your judgment and your clarity of mind and i I always kept that with me and so i try to be as clinical as i could the whole time to and i found that it did help um uh you know later on as as you know you and i we kept going on rotations 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 And a testament to that too, you know, I thought it had clarity of mind, but you know, in the back of your mind, you always worry about, you know, it's just gonna be my time to, you know, to to get shot or to right. get fragged or catch a, uh, you know, a roadside bomb or whatever. And I remember uh, one deployment, I can't tell you when, but I remember when it clicked, when it's like, you know what, if I'm dead, I'm dead. People say that, but when you internalize it, it's two different things. Sure. And I remember when, I, when it clicked, where I really truly didn't care. I said it many times before, yeah. when it really clicked, Wow, talk about clarity of mind! I was so much sharper on the X, for sure. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. So so, yeah, I was like, yeah, those dudes was right. But I thought I was good, but when that's when it clicked with. So you know, make a long story short, as far as what you asked me, uh, but that was my that's my first experience. It wasn't actually going there; it's to prep, you know, from from veterans, right? Real combat veterans, happened to be my uncle and father-in-law. But so when we got there. Man, compare and contrast, right? We had the one thirteen, we had the plugger, you know, we had right, all these right. things, and then you get in country. Here, here's one seventeen. Never seen it before. Yeah. Here's a Garmin GPS from whatever sports store, you know. Right. Here's a Mark Seven. So the things that do your job, how you communicate, how you target, and how you find out where you at, and and you know, find fix the enemy. Yeah, those three things, the primary job. New equipment in country. Figure it out
0: yeah that's that's not usually good yeah you <laughs> yeah. To, yeah you want to know
1: that stuff before you get there for sure yeah, yeah. so and so you know i tie that back into bosnia you know like, hey man you know if you wait till last minute you only got a minute right so right. this time that's i didn't right. wait hey whatever time i got is what i got and you figure this shit out you know so uh me and uh eight martins you know we fly in on the c1 uh, c17 there's only two of us there uh C-17 land, uh, some forklift takes some cargo off uh, and they drive off in the darkness. He and I get out with all our bags. C-17 button up taxis and fly away. Now we use Uzbekistan at whatever clock in the morning, it's pitch black dark. There's no terminal nothing. It's just, you know, it's wait, an old Soviet place. Nobody,
0: <laughs> did pick you up?
1: No, not at all. Oh my I'm God. I'm like, like, what is going on? You know, like, <laughs> you know, like, I, I, so technically this is my third deployment in 2001. I uh, did Bosnia, Kuwait, but first combat deployment. Sure. And we're walking all our kit. We go to a little bit of house. And I mean, like a one-bedroom shack type house, you know, sitting way off in the corner. Kind of saw a silhouette, you know, and they had any lights on, it was just like a silhouette that was less dark than the darkness of the sky. Sure. And uh, we go over there, open up the door that's in the middle, and this one dude sitting in a in a chair in the middle of the room with this old, poorly lit, dim light, you know. and He speaks no English, and we speak no Uzbek, and Trying to figure out what's going on and it's just like what what is going on here it's like a bad movie yeah you know, we hear some quads and some atvs you know coming up and we go outside and finally here's the here's the sl teams with some with some vehicles come pick us up you know so that's uh me and abe's experience but it was a good 30 minutes like you know trying to figure out what, what you know wfo you know what what
0: the hell. yeah if i had a, i mean I, you'd be surprised how many people have that same exact story like they're like all right get on this plane uh, go into this far off land and just get off the plane and then just figure it out, you know? And then, you know, you don't really have any guidance and it's, it's so weird how, but that's the way it was though. I mean, the, it was so, it was all kind of new to everybody. Cause I you mean, know, anyway, like you said, we haven't been in war since desert storm. So, you know, we we're all just trying to figure it out. So, yeah. so they picked you up and then, uh, what now so you were, did you guys support the SF guys when you were there or did they just take you over somewhere else or how'd that work?
1: Yeah, so also, I was aligned with uh, ODA fifth group, and I was ultimately assigned to ODA 542. So, oh, nice. Yeah, so I went to ISOFAC, uh, went there. Uh, they said, hey, you're on this team, and there was already Tech P's there, you know, before I got there. So, you know, Tim Stamey, um, oh, yeah. uh, Steve Tomont, you know, all those all those dudes, right, you know, those names. The Northern Lions, so, Legends, yeah. yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So those guys been in country already. I think buddy mac um uh, okay. max is you know those dudes right oh yeah 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 you know and so they you know they've been an iso fact for a while and so i was assigned to a team and i said the lottery that team's ready to go and then i forget who it was i got bumped like hey bro i've been here a couple of weeks man you just got here a couple of days ago i'm taking your team I'm like <laughs> hey fair enough man you know what Damn, i mean
0: yeah what are you gonna do yeah. yeah yeah i'm still trying to figure
1: out the radio man so yeah <laughs> <laughs>
0: right <laughs> <laughs> so
1: and so ultimately I went to ODA five four two. I got there to said, here's your team. And they're like, Man, who the F are you? I'm like, Hey, I'm your E tag. Like, I don't even know E Air Force dude. And the team started like, man, I've been calling airstrikes long as you've been in the Air Force. Get out of my tent. Really? I'm like, hey, you know, that may be true, but I'm not leaving the tent, man. I'm I'm your E tag. I'm signed to you. So I can stand here, you show me a cot, man, you know. And again, dude, I'm twenty three years old, I think. Yeah, you yeah. know, we're young, man, you know. Yeah. I had style sergeant on, made style sergeant first time testing. So not not to brag, what I'm trying to say is I had style sergeant on for like five months. Right. And it wasn't like, you know, it's my eighth time testing. I was brand I new. Like to a, what, years. Right. You're still young, still a new guy, kind of essentially. Uh... Right. And, you know, we got these dudes, you know, you know, 18 years deep in SF. And you got this kid showing up. Hey, I'm here, you know, hey, I'm from the government. I'm here to help, you know. get, <laughs> yeah. get out of Right. You know. <laughs> scram <laughs> so so i get there uh one of the team guys like hey man sit your stuff over there i set my stuff down man and talk to him i pull out my 117 start trying to figure it out pull out my and start working on my kit and trying to figure it out and you know i guess I looked at me like hey man this guy he's all about business man he's like trying to take care of his crap you know and you know by the end of the day man they're all good I'm like hey man let's show you around you know blah 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 but you know yeah, you gotta got prove who you are sometime. But but again, yeah. the contrast, right? You know, we two contrast points again the, the, for the theme is, you know, we had a one seventeen analog, if you will, radio to the. I'm sorry, one thirteen analog radio to the one seventeen, right? PSN eleven to the plug, you know, to the to the uh, garment. You know, this is
0: yeah, and they, they don't. They're not even. They don't really even resemble each other. I mean, frankly, I mean, like the one seventeen was like a, a, it's so much more intricate and there's so many more capability. Yeah. I, I can't imagine what you're you're thinking yeah
1: (laughs) and then you know this old school new school you know guys probably said on the other podcast you know it's like hey you know we got you know career war uh you know b -B b52s dropping the latest and greatest J down right Mm -hmm. right right latest and greatest satellite radios that just came out on our back and we're on horseback (laughs) right exactly you you know what I mean you know we're, we're, we're linked to satellites fighting fighting guys in the mountains on foot yeah Right, so that that con- that contrast again, you know the the details of that, and and just understanding your 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 skill set, understanding your people, uh, so I had the best cross training there. You know, I uh, got to really uh, isolate with the team, and we had uh, cross training. So for three days, we did medical live tissue training from nice. tricks to needle de- uh, chest decompressions to from other artery on you know on. Authorized animals, you know. Then we did calm training, you know. I, I led the close air support training. We did sniper training. We did, you know, uh, explosives and charges, you know. So, man, talk about a brand new Air Force One Charlie Four, you know. Learning lives, it, it, it was great. Again,
0: yeah. How lucky, training. man, to get all that, uh, get exposure to all that stuff.
1: Mm-hmm. It was fun. So, yeah, yeah, <clears throat> and, and you know, just to summarize, what we did, the uh, MoD did the first uh, overland infill into Afghanistan, uh, came out, did a proof of concept with that, made up with some special mission units from the British uh, government and leave it at that. And then, uh, oh, yeah. came back to Uzbek, And then, uh, we were, I think, I think the first Americans into Orgun E. Oh, okay. Yeah. Definitely first team to settle there. And so again, right out of a, um, a story go down to Bagram refit and we were on, I think Pavlos, and, uh, we had the Toyota pickup trucks from, you okay. know, Toyota of Nashville.
0: Right, Aud,
1: right. And, uh, you know, pimped out, you know, total trucks with all the modifications and yeah. two o'clock in the morning. And, uh, I talked to a team sergeant, I say like, team sergeant, like, dude, you have to let me ride this four wheeler off the back of this helicopter. Like <laughs> I would never get the chance to do this again. You know? So right. here we are in the middle of nowhere, you know, coming in through the mountains at pitch black dark i got b1 uh b1s overhead you know circling on comms helicopters going and they're looking at the you know, dz make sure things clear these helos come in land and here comes you know off the back of the, the quad or, you know with a radio on my back and yeah yeah man i thought it was to cast me out you know what I'm <laughs> and uh and uh, we get out the helicopter and, you know, ready for some action, you know, for the Taliban to come out and sure. fight on you know, helicopter sleeve And it's like pitch black dark. And, you know, we met with some some OGA people, went to our safe house and that was it. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> I it's hate so
0: that cool. so much when it's like you're ready to rock and then it's just nothing. It's just uneventful. You're like, All right, let's go to bed. And then, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's time to go to sleep. E had to be pretty austere at that time. I mean, I can't imagine it being built up at all at that time.
1: No, they the uh, people don't know what's not. It was a what's to some dude's house? And like, hey, uh, you know, be someone coming to us and like, hey man, your house is worth, I don't know, half a million dollars. I give you uh, ten mil for it. Be like, sold, like I don't need to go through the house. I mean, maybe get some pictures, maybe get my family, but <laughs> <laughs> everything else you can he just keep. He puts
0: so. his hat on and just rolls out. He's like, I'm oh,
1: a <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> so so coolly like, hey man, here's here's some money for your house. And guys yeah. like grab his family, like they're gone, right? They're they're set. So uh Ur-Guni was not Orguny. Orguny was a was a house that had a, a large uh uh walled in yard that's yeah. that's where that's where ODA542 set up and so uh you know we we were the um the catalyst for creating g Force right so contrast you know my ranger days being at 275 Alpha Company and then later uh, BRD, you know, because your R D guys got reassigned to some do some cooler, cooler stuff. Right, and so right. the battalions had to pick up and stand up their own reconnaissance. Mm-hmm. so I was the uh, BRD, re, Battalion Reconnaissance Detachment, uh, right. uh ETAC at the time. But contrast that to Afghanistan, you know, ODA team, where now we're creating and building a G force. Yep. Guerrilla Force. And all the things that go within that, you know, so it's not just a jump off, kicking the doors, bang, bang, pull the trigger. Now you're looking at the the thought process, how you shape I say hearts and minds, but how you shape thought. How do you manage a force to do something? How, how do you procure that? Right. And, and, and I think that later on helped me as a leader as well. You know, looking at how that process works and, you know, how you do those things that takes time. There's no instant gratification or a. Um, guarantee outcome of success sure Based yeah you don't of, know what
0: you're getting i mean you could who knows who these guys are they're even volunteering or they're they're, they're recruiting i mean yeah it's yeah. a crapshoot yeah and,
1: and and to uh at the risk of not losing my security clearance which i still have is you know, <laughs> you know uh but some of the the people we're working with and and the people were paying in country to to work with us and you know seeing all that real time right and yeah. and understanding, understand man talk about i guess i was 23 maybe 22 to see that man talk about you know a lot career. of new
0: stuff yeah a lot of new things a lot of high level things that you probably didn't imagine you would even probably didn't same way with me like when i first got exposed to it it was like i didn't even know it existed you know the stuff like that was like what is this what who are these guys and yeah it's a yeah. it's an yeah, it's
1: an amazing experience for sure absolutely yeah. and a lot of people you know i don't say a lot of people um, but some people don't know that you know Anaconda was not originally called Anaconda. It was Task Force Hammer and Anvil. Okay. And it was supposed to happen in uh January, not March. Uh, okay. Yeah. So we had three ODAs, one in Orguni, one in cows and one in uh Gardes. Okay. And those ODAs' jobs, one of them mine in was to build, establish the guerrilla force, set the conditions, take those guerrilla force to help shape. And then the other soft elements that came along with the conventional elements, uh, they were to uh, do what they did. Okay. And task force hammer and anvil was us setting conditions in around the, you know, the, the valley and where everything took place. And the hammer was the force that came in to root out the Taliban. My ODA in the Naka Valley was the anvil. Oh, okay we got the if you look at the demographic they're supposed to funnel down into this valley and then open up to the naka valley which is a greater opening and yeah, me yeah. and ODA was on the backstop on the ridge line and we're the hammer so when you guys came in to crush we we're going to be the anvil for the backstop and we we're going to crush it together oh okay yeah and uh-huh. and because of the three letter agencies we we're working with and how we we're having security again we we Put like we purchased security from other people who were not U.S. Right? Sure. Um, uh, one of the teams had a hit put out on them. Really? Yeah. So, which was common. All of, all of us are working with the same type individuals, different individuals, yeah. different individuals, same M.O. And they rule the area, you know, because the 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 Afghan government stops outside of Kabul. Yeah. Everything yeah. else is owned by other people, right? For sure. That's for like, sure. We were tagged with other people. And okay. the other person with the other ODA is like, hey, um, one SF guy got shot in the chest, one got shot in the leg, guy got shot in the leg, bled out, died. Um, had a similar incident with our guys for us going back and forth or where they disappeared, came back, you know, so very uh, shaky ground, you know, you're trying to come a combat the you're not sure if your friends are really friends, right? Oh, yeah. So that's why Task Force Hammer and Anvil got pushed to the right uh, to, know, to march. Oh, Okay. Because we're trying to say, do we have the conditions that we need to have to like, pull this off?
0: No doubt. I mean, you could have been walking into a, a huge ambush. I mean, they could have been just setting you up for, yeah, man. Yeah. So it's probably better off you guys held off.
1: Right. But yeah. but it's not even walking into it. We, we eat and slept with them. So, you know, it was 12-man ODA with uh, some OJ people. And the people, forced force that we lived with, we lived with these people. Mm-hmm. They were 100 strong. Easy. Yeah. So we and you never
0: around. know, like it's just tricky because you never know, like it, it could just take one or two of those guys to not be uh, with you. You know, they could be, you know, just a plant or some sort of, you know, trader or something. So, yeah, or it could That's be
1: the lead, the lead, uh, the lead um, mafia boss, if you will. Yeah. Um, it's like hey i don't care about loyalty i care about money right so sure happened yeah. up north right so oh for sure yeah so he he's the warlord he, he runs everything so right he can, he can say like this and all 100 people turn yep, yep. right so uh long long of a short uh that that uh warlord who authorized the hit you know we played alone but he disappeared later on right after okay. after <laughs> anaconda right but those were the conditions the point is those the conditions we we're operating in you know yeah wasn't that a fob, you know uh um it wasn't just on the X come back you know we we're living with the g-force right and yeah. understand that, that cycle that mental picture of you know who's your friend who's your foe and then oh man it had to be you
0: guys had to, did you guys so just a quick just for my own edification did you guys have like your own internal security like did you guys where you guys like okay you half of us will be up at all times or we'll at least be pulling guard duty or something or like I'd be nerve-wracking to to not know you know if you could trust the guys that are with you especially in that like Especially that early in the war, you know, like it right. seemed. Who knows who's who at that point, you know. So then it right. had to be like, we little well, stayed in the same room.
1: We well, all stayed in the same room, and we had one American up all at all times, you know. Say, radio, yeah. radio's always up, and you know, uh, actually one night, you know, after the other ODA that got ambushed, you know, very similar thing happened. The warlord and all his men they left, just disappeared. Wow. And then things happen. So yeah, you know, there's a uh, disagreement on our on our side uh, a week or two later. And uh, I'm sleeping and wanting to get the guys. Zach, get up, man. Get up. I'm like, What's up? What's up, man? We need aircraft right now. So I'm getting a horn, you know. As I'm requesting gas, I'm asking why, you know. Right. Execute first. Ask why later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and oh, by the way, you know, there was no 1972 and talk to the ASOC, right? There was no ASOC. There was no... I've requested uh, close air support uh, assets like probably five, six different ways. You know, yeah. whatever British or U.S. thing was flying overhead or whatever, through the B team, through the SF, through. I mean, it was the Wild Wild West. There was sure. very limited infra- infrastructure, if anything. Yeah. But anyway, like what's going on? It's like, hey, man, the warlord who slept in the same compound with us. When I say compound, it's not a very, it's a house. Sure. With the wall in, so it's not a big place. He's right. gone out of his, his room. And the 60 dudes yeah. that stay here the whole time and in and around the area, they're gone. It's too oh o'clock. Oh my God. Oh man. Right. Yeah. So the whole team's up, man, we're on the rooftop, you know, uh, make a long story shorter, had B ones overhead, did some show of force, you know, At mock, whatever. Yeah. And, uh, you know, sonic boom rattled the town a couple of times, you know, say, so, Hey man, you, and actually we had agreement, you know, i talked talk to teams like, Hey man, like how far are we going? And the team and the, o- and the OGA guys like, Hey man, we're not gonna be strung up and all this other bullshit. Like, you know, we're going to go out blaze of glory. So like, all right. And so I talked to the aircraft and I said, Hey man, all of us here on the agreements when it comes to it, you will drop inside the compound, uh-huh. like everything you got. So we get to the point where we hand to hand, level this place i mean it's not real you know so at 20 what 22 years old like, dude, like all right man this is this is how we roll so uh yeah and it's funny too uh um i forget the guy's name man. he happened to his team happened to come through at the same time so we had two jtacs and our team started like all right we want one jtac on this part of the uh the the roof we want one jtac on this part of the roof like dude it's not a 240 man it's a, <laughs> right, that's not a sector <laughs> of fire position. We we're, were better yeah. for working together, right? Yeah, yeah.
0: I gotta know what he's doing so I don't do the same thing or step on him or what.
1: Yeah, we compliment each other. No, no, like damn, he's our team. Sorry, like damn, bro. I know you're old school team, sorry, man, but let us you don't know who's there. support. it's not yeah, a, yeah. <laughs> it's
0: not a Mark 19 man where you need to spread <laughs> <Right>. us out. <off. laughs> yeah, sectors of fire and stuff, <laughs> yeah. but um uh
1: man this so whatever was, happened
0: like what was the deal why'd they bug out like that like what were they uh, doing
1: yeah conflict of uh not get too much details but weren't happy about what was going on oh, okay. and, you know, conversations and stuff like that and and maybe some other interest um came back the next day along with people in the town of origini they knew the americans was within this building right outside of town what a line of i don't know 75 people and they're there to bring us whatever they thought they shouldn't have had you know so i ran b1s at mock whatever sonic you know boom at two o'clock in the morning i mean i know they're coming and still <laughs> yeah you, you feel like oh man you oh, know man. So, you know, they woke up in the night wow hey man this this rifle that i had i probably shouldn't have this <laughs> nor whatever this mortar oh i got three grenades you know so guys are like it's like uh you know coming to uh, you scared the a-
0: contraband out of them
1: yeah like i'm the <laughs> church man you, you know like hey i want to repent and so we had a lot of people like, I don't know what this is, but maybe I shouldn't have it. I want to give it to you. Make sure that you don't, you know, make me disappear. So, right, I mean, right. Well, it's all good, man. It's just, so, there's like a lot of, you know, lessons learned, you know. Sure. Just, wow. Like, yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Man, I remember, um, you know, Task Force Hammer and Anvil that became Anaconda. You know, we're looking at the plan with the OJ guys, and I was like, man, like, dude, this is complicated. And I'm still a young guy. And he's like, yeah. man, this plan was built by professionals. I was like, yeah, so was the Titanic. But Noah's art was pretty simple and it worked.
0: <laughs> <Yes>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and and I'm not laughing that, you know, our plan went the way it did, but and it kind of went the way it did, right? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, I was like, dude, yeah. this is a complicated plan. You know, and then everyone's too, too cool for school, but, you know, just a uh, I want to say wrap up afghanistan but you know not to uh, make this podcast a four-hour podcast that no one listened to but um you know we finally got in place and you know you see who's who in the zoo when, when certain things happen um we've moved into another position and you know watching watching our guys do work on the ridge line you know uh from from the day to the night to the middle of the night to the next morning you know and i'm on the yeah. I have front row tickets, man. I didn't drop anything during Anaconda because uh, obviously the plan didn't work and they didn't funnel through to my valley. But, man, I'm watching, you know, B-52s dropping what I call tit tacks. You know, you see them glistening off the, the sun and I'm like, dude, oh, yeah. someone's getting jacked up and into the night where the Ridgeline silhouette is highlighted because of the explosions on the back end, right? You know, like, man, you know, guys putting in work and hearing one side it comes from the aircraft, but I couldn't hear the J-TAC, you know, our TAC-B comes. You know, right. the line. Just, just seeing that and um, from, you know, they call me the goat, not the greatest of all times, but actually like a, the animal goat. <laughs> <Sure>. um, <laughs> so we're doing our special reconnaissance and, you know, we're climbing these mountaintops, base camp is like 8,800, 8,500. We're climbing to 10, to 10, 8, to, you know, freezing our ass off. Yeah. And so two SF guys and me, we'll go up and we get compromised. What do you got to oh. do? Calm down, find another peak. Well. yeah, yeah. The Next peak, it's not the same two SF guys, two freshmen. Hey, you're a uh, team, yeah, yeah. but hey, who's going again? Right? So, you know, after the third or fourth summer, like, dude, man, you're you're a goat, and like, good thing I'm in shape, you know. But uh, and I, I I'll, yeah,
0: they're... somebody I was just talking to somebody else about that. Like, the life of JTAC is like you, you don't have the luxury of sitting out a mission, you know, like they can rotate in and out, but you, you're the only guy there that has that kind of that power, that, that uh, capability. So, yeah, you gotta go. And you know, the Rangers were
1: jealous, you know, you do platoon, platoon plus hit, yeah. And so, you know, you got guys who are missing out, you know, every third or fourth mission they get to go on. But, you know, we get to go on every mission and, you know, guys right. are telling us, damn, man, you get to go on everything. Like, yeah, yeah. it's good, good and bad. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I, I was, yeah. I, I would say this, you know, uh, talk about discernment. So uh, one of the people who found out who was in Iraq later, uh, I was tasked to do SR and say, Hey, it's going to be at this location within your Valley. Uh, once the things line up, you clear it to, called airstrike and so for three days we have pattern our life, you know. So I'm at ten thousand six hundred feet looking at this, see the kids uh washing or playing playing games, about about 12, 15 kids, you see the women, probably about four or five of them, you know, doing their washing, the daily chores, all that, you know, for about three or four days. And finally the vehicles that they said was gonna come with with the number of fighting age men, um well the all everything matched. Like this is the dude. Right. So yeah. I got aircraft overhead and they're looking at the target and it's like, Hey man, I asked the ground commander. I said, dude, like, this is what's going on. He goes, Zach, it's your call. And the reason why I stopped to tell the story, I thought about my, my uncle. Right. So it's not the things you have to do, the things that you had the opportunity not to. Sure. so I was asking, Hey, you know, you know, is this guy worth the lives of those other people? And I can't definitely say yes. Right, so this guy go. I didn't drop, uh, even though the aircraft gun. Hey, let's go, let's go. Oh, of course they were, yeah, yeah. I called the mission off. I didn't drop. You know, so some people might say, "Oh man, you're you're weak, whatever." Mm, Don't think so, but uh, you know, this guy. I, I don't
0: think so. No, I mean that's that's your job as a JTAC to to make that discernment to make to to limit limit collateral damage. I mean, we can't just go out there and just wholesale kill you know civilian you know, have civilian casualties like that. I think you made it. Uh, that's a perfectly fine decision for sure. Yeah. Right, I mean, right.
1: You know how it is in the beginning of the war, man. It's the first war we had since forever. So, guys trying to get their bona fitos, right? You sure, know, sure. Them, um, and, uh, you Which know... Which
0: even speaks more, more highly of you to make that decision because you weren't like, well, this could be my time to get my, you know, I may never get a chance to drop again. Yeah. And you didn't take it and you you made the right decision. I mean, that's, that's commendable, man, I think i appreciate that man yeah, but yeah
1: i could talk on forever that first uh afghan uh uh deployment man a lot of lessons learned but yeah again it's the compare and contrast man you know how how things work and you know uh you know we had our dark soft and lights off you know black black ops and white ops right and we're not sure. talking we're trying to call airstrikes on each other you know that's later right. we get a debrief that's like hey man uh this is one team trying to call airstrike like, hey we got this blocking position these guys with beers and machine guns and, you know, <laughs> somebody trying to call airstrike, it was our ODA, right? You know, no one's talking. Yeah, so, yeah, no yeah. One so likely we didn't, uh, we didn't get dropped on.
0: Yeah. That was a very, that was a touchy subject or situation in the very beginning because there was like, like you said the comm wasn't there and there were just people everywhere just doing everything and it was a little loose, but yeah, we're lucky we didn't suffer some more fratricide than we did for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So that's really awesome that you got to go to an oda out of the 82nd not not just another you know, not just with an 82nd unit not that that would have been a bad thing but like it's pretty cool that you got to you know that they needed that many because we talked about this before too like the there's so many odas out there that didn't have etacs at the time and like it was tech P's really got a great opportunity to kind of fill those empty positions i thought that was really awesome
1: yeah luck and tommy man uh, again going to contrast go from armor, you know, infantry, mechanized infantry, 1st first, right. uh, first infantry division, 2nd ASOS to, you know, airborne to now soft, you know, ODA right. invasion 2001, and then get back, you know, I turned down my long walk orders to special mission unit at Fort Bragg, and right. then it hey, do you want to go over here to the, to the uh, SF teams here at Bragg? But you remember, you tried out for Ranger Type B, and you can go there too, like, let me try something different. So then I PCS'd. Uh, 2002, after getting back from, uh, uh, Afghanistan invasion and, uh, PCS to Fort Lewis to okay. two, uh, second range. Yep. Battalion. And so, and then in 2003, you know, Iraq happens and I was fortunate enough to evade Iraq with alpha company, second range battalion, you know, okay, and I, I'll, I'll save that, I'll save that story for another podcast, man. because yeah, we'll, we'll be talking for another, another hour and a half on that one.
0: Okay. All right. <laughs> so, <laughs> Is it a long one? Is that what you don't want to? It's long, actually you know, A
1: lot of lessons learned. I just want to do a serve If we if we have time another time, do it. You know, do sure. it justice about the lessons learned versus glossing over it. But you know, okay. um yeah, you know, going in two seven five, and uh, we thought we had Saddam in one location before we had ground forces. You know, deep in, and was able to, you know, call air strikes with some A tens and on special Republican Guard, and you know, go into the city, and you know, we're gonna do highlight for doing a highlight teaser trailer for next time but you <laughs> know, right, right. hey, remember we we're all together at a certain location and we we're going to jump into saddam international until we found out that you know three of the 10c17s were going to be shot down before green light like hmm i want a mustard stain without not that bad right
0: yeah you know, right right it's like who's gonna get, who's gonna get shot down yeah is it that important yeah. right, and right
1: so you know and then you know we all went there to saddam international and then we started running our ops out of there so uh Uh, but yeah we'll save that story for another time okay all right
0: (laughs) so then uh so you were 275 so what if you since we're skipping over 275 how i mean do you have anything else you want to talk about as far as like when you went to the rangers uh um that experience there like what how did that shape you on to go to other things you know like
1: everything from from a tactician to a leader uh you know i was there from oh two to oh eight oh seven oh eight at 275 So, you know invaded Iraq 2003 the next year went back to Afghanistan uh, uh I was with Pat Tillman when he was killed you know Arizona oh, rap okay. player he was alpha company uh, wow. so you uh, know we did I served with him for almost two years before he was killed okay no in, April, in April yeah um a senior pitcher he and I uh, doing the invasion of Iraq yeah in 2003. Uh but I was with them that morning, you know, when things happened, you know, it was on the on the border of uh PAC and Afghan and you know some things going down. Again, I'll say that those stories for the Ranger days because a lot of them But uh, I was joking with them, so hey man, it should have been an ETAC. You can fly back on a helicopter and get ready for the next mission, not the drive back, you know. <laughs> and uh so I was with uh I think it was Second Platoon. We flew back to refit and I think first platoon had the drive back and uh, it's one private lane man and he was like man chief zach i mean sergeant zach i'm gonna quit the army so watch that it sucks like hey man you know no one's shooting at us you know you you good to go we got a hot child we're all right you know <laughs> and <laughs> that morning i said that and i was messing with pat and then you know a few hours later you know we got a call that you know everything was going on i flew back out uh to the site everything was over when i got there yeah um, but I was with the platoon sergeant, uh, Sergeant Godick. He and I were picking up, you know, pieces of pat from the ground, putting in plastic zippies to make sure we, and, you know, uh, private lane, which I brought him up. He took two rounds to the chest, luckily had his vest on, took one round to the leg. You know, he's medevaced. Uh, Lieutenant Utlao, who was a PL, um, great, great young lieutenant. Uh, He caught around and went, through the back of his uh from right to left lap underneath the body armor but did not pierce his chest cavity talk oh about, thank god talk about lucky you know but
0: yeah no doubt
1: yeah just a flesh room right i mean i stopped my toe i'm about to pass out but you know I have a flesh room <laughs> go through and through uh, yeah and we call
0: up. we're calling him lucky but yeah <laughs> he probably didn't
1: feel very lucky well, Yeah, <laughs> and, and 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 ate an ak-47 round he took a ak-47 round in the mouth knocked his teeth out went through his lips but it Why? went this way right holy crap right so um so again like rangers another time uh but yeah uh went back to afghanistan uh with the rangers again uh then in 05 went to iraq with the rangers uh that special missions unit that i tried out for years ago yeah uh they needed a etac because of the casual rate and so i became the eighth guy on the eight man uh d-boy team okay in Mosul talk about phenomenal
0: oh man Mosul too gee whiz how'd that go
1: another story awesome dude <laughs> yeah a- eighth guy on, on 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 that particular force our, our authorities and the level of people looking at and man yeah wow eye-opening right yeah uh, yeah uh he's he's on TV now so I'm not out on him but my my sergeant major was Cal lamb so a lot of people know Cal lamb Viking tactical okay uh, uh, viking tactical big company he's on the history channel that's my sergeant major um, oh no kidding or, yeah so uh you look him up and so man again man very blessed very fortunate right time right place just sure. to stumble into things you know and, and to 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 be able to experience them but yeah yeah no kidding yeah
0: so how many total uh deployments did you do at 275 only five only five yeah five something. ranger deployments is pretty good i mean that's uh that's nothing to sneeze at there i'm telling you so you
1: know we got guys you know 9 10, 11 12 13.
0: for yeah. sure yeah no of course yeah there's these guys would have a ton more but just just knowing what i know about a deployment i mean it, they're challenging enough so yeah i mean it's
1: and during the time know. we're doing them you know not the any part of the war, but you know everything no new. no no initial evasions of these places and trying to figure things out and
0: yeah especially iraq i mean that was that was even weirder than Afghanistan, almost, because there were like things are changing so quickly, and you know there was a lot was really loose over there in the beginning.
1: But yeah, so and, you know, we're going back and forth, you know, and and how we right. outfit as a you know range battalion in Iraq and Afghanistan was completely different. Yep. And the reason why I cut short, you know, Air Force calls say, "Hey, man, uh, you need to go to Korea." I'm like, "Why would I want to leave <laughs> one of the premier Type units?" Right. To go do ASOC duty in Korea and be away from my family, oh, by the way. But yeah, yeah. That's what cut it short. So in 07, I PCS and I went to uh, Osan, Korea, uh, working for Shroka, uh, Second right. Republic Korean Army. And because of this soft background, that's why they assigned me there, not the Troka, which most guys go to You know, up north. The sure. Shroka was supposed to be the counter soft team. So they, okay. you know, they thought the North Koreans going to have their soft come in and it's going to be more of a soft, you know, insurgent fight. Yeah, so yeah. that's my Ranger background, you know, with the type of mission. So I, I went there to help shape their, their policy. And it's actually pretty good. You know, it have some things in place and just on experience that we have is like, Hey, this won't work the way you think it will probably implement these things. And so yeah, uh, yeah. there's foundational and uh, may be able to become a leader and provide that, that again, that contrast, you know, conventional forces and what they think of how things are and, you know the combat it was had guys in combat but a different combat role you know we're doing 60 70 missions in 120 days yeah. you know you know direct action combat missions a lot of experience for us so we you know we bring we brought that back to the conventional units that, that was good so um, yeah that's but, a good
0: choice i mean that it was a no-brainer really to put you over there right. um then you did a year over there
1: yeah a year over there yeah. and i did admit uh, i did a little bit of time at uh fifth asos as a flight leader for a few months then with korea okay and then so I'm gonna go to Korea I went to Heidelberg Germany again again first two years in Germany now I'm married you know so I'm like man I had a blast the first two years to the point decade later like man should I go back to Germany you know what I mean so but that's awesome the first time was but no uh (laughs) I'll leave that story there but uh (laughs) but no Heidelberg Germany fifth core uh what's the you know so you know high echelons you know this big management piece but you know, there's not that many Halo Jumpmasters in Europe. Right, right. And, you know, when you start building partnership capacity for Europe and also some of African countries, uh, to jump out of a U.S. aircraft, you need a U.S. Yeah. And so a lot of their soft teams, you know, they need to do military freefall. There's only two U.S. freefall masters in the country. It was me and a, a PJ. And so uh, nice. we get called to the to the, uh, Type-P 4th ASOG, as you will, you know, uh USAPI or uh US Army Europe call up, hey, can you go to Romania for a week and do free fall operations? And I'm like Hmm. I think I can, can you go to Israel? Can you go I mean, yeah. Oh, man. Can you go to these, these Can awesome. you go to these places? Like uh I think I could sacrifice for, for a nation. Yeah. Man. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> so I ended up with uh, I think eight foreign wings. So I think uh I got the Canadian and Israelis from the Rangers, but I got Romanian, German, Italy, Portuguese, some others uh, when nice. I was in Europe. Uh, but yeah, it's it a good time, man. Clone airstrikes and again, providing that soft perspective we had to now Fifth Corps major combat operations, again, that compare and contrast, right? Sure. Me bringing in a different element, but then also me understanding a different element, people teaching me, you know. And those things was pretty successful. Ended up spending five years in, in Heidelberg, Germany, uh, traveling. Travel to Botswana again, doing partnership capacity, uh, building a JTAC awesome. program, and you know, so man, talk about you know a great assignment. Those five years. Oh yeah, yeah, that's awesome.
0: I, I when I heard, I know the only guy because I know most of us who went to Germany, there was like no jump assignment over there. But I think and you and uh, I want to say Rick Weingartner were like the only guys I ever heard of that went over there to, and actually jumped in Germany, which was. And I was like, that's I was so jealous when I heard you were over there doing that, especially yeah. like Halo. You're like, that wasn't just like static line. You know, you're like jumping Halo over there. It was so cool. Yeah, I thought that was really awesome.
1: Yeah, When I was at the Rangers, I was the uh, parachute program manager. Oh, OK. So, now, so I understood the rules and, you know, not just yeah. the, rules, the DOD rules. So then I got to like, man, I know the rules. This is what it takes to, you know, you can jump based on position or based on experience. And so yeah. based on the experience of stat line jump master, freefall jump master, all these things, the rule books say, hey, you want to keep this person vested and current because of this said money invested. Sure. No, right. Hey, this is the justification. And oh, by the way, I ran the parachute program for the fourth ASOG in Germany. So nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Sometimes good to read the manual.
0: Yeah, for sure. <laughs> your family like it over there they have a good time dude we loved it
1: you know we lived in a little german village called rechtenheim you know we're drinking wine that we watched grow two years ago like we drove through the wine vineyards you know now it's bottled hey i watched this wine mature and get developed two years ago now you know having a glass of it and my next door neighbor was the the baker you know at one bakery in town the other neighbor was the winemaker you know so you get the bottle of the wine before it's even labeled and talking about a great experience, my son went to German school. He's speaking German with his English, but he don't know his two different languages. Just the, oh, nice. the right, culture, right? And yeah, we, we traveled all over. You know, hey, can you give us some evals in Italy? Yeah, can I drive? Yeah, no problem. Pack the wife and kids. We stop in Austria or Switzerland on the way down. We stop in yeah, Venice. Yeah. We go down and do some stuff. Drive to Rome. Come back up. I mean, it was horrible living. I mean, it was it was, <laughs> yeah. it was tough, you know. Um, <laughs> four-day weekend. I'm glad you got to
0: make the most of it, man. That's, uh, I mean, it's just, it's such a cool, uh, a lot of guys go over there and they don't do that. You know, they don't, they just kind of like stay in their little area, which is also, it's okay, but you know, you got to get out and do stuff too. And expose your your son to it. I mean, that's, that's invaluable uh, experience for a kid, you know, just to be in, to be, to see that different cultures and different, like, you know, be exposed to different, and not just Germany, but like all those countries. Yeah, that's awesome. He probably kind of like you were, like when you first went over there as a young guy, he's, has that same experience that same you know world view now so
1: that's good yeah he's awesome. like "Dad, it sucks i was there too young he remembers some things but it's like super young but he's been to yeah. 22 countries um nice well he probably remembers maybe four or five but he's like <laughs> 16 so
0: does he have any uh aspirations to go back or do anything like that oh well and also and also how does he feel about the military is he looking towards that or is he kind of too young for that still Right yeah, so
1: we do want to go back, um, you know, just to rehash some stuff. We want to go back to Fort Lewis as well. He was born, you know, he was born there at uh at Madigan. Okay. So, you know, you know, show him where he's from and some roots. Uh, but yeah, definitely go back to Europe because again, we love the travel. Great. Um, he's in junior RTC right now. Uh-uh. He wants he to join the military. Um when I was command chief of a base, uh, he was pilot training. He goes, I think I'm gonna be a pilot or attack TAC P. I said, if you are gonna join the military, be a be a pilot. <laughs> just yeah and there's nothing wrong with type p i don't want him to do the things that we did sure i know my son he's not going to join the air force and do whatever he's going to like hey how can i get into action how can i contribute and so it's not a slam on the military i don't want my son to take the risk that we took for sure we've done it already yeah 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 so i need you go take this college money go go use your brain so you don't have surgeries and back, back like we do, and knee issues, and go use your brain and and go do something else, right? So yeah.
0: Plus, if you're going to be the Air Force, frankly, you know we all know that pilots are the the focal point of the of the Air Force, so that's it's a it's a good it's a good career path to go through for sure. If you're going right, to join right. the Air Force for sure. Right. So um, so you're in Germany for five years, and then what happened after that? Where'd you guys go after that?
1: So horrible, man. Uh, guys were calling up, calling me up and say, hey man, who do you know? I said, I don't know anyone, man. I'm just just lucky. So I went from Heidelberg to Honolulu. So nice. So <laughs> yeah, we we moved to Hawaii. Um quick story, I was uh E7 with the assignment to Hawaii. Line number for E8 is coming out. They said, hey dude, if you don't make E8, that's bad, because you didn't make rank, but you go to Hawaii. If you yeah. do make E eight, which is good, we're going to kink your Hawaii assignment because it's an E seven assignment you're going to. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, luckily, guys like uh, Mike Bender and uh, Mac Nugent's like, hey, uh, we still want them regardless. And they say, That's hey man, you're gonna be a senior senior master sergeant running a flight. I'm like, I really don't care, man. I never chase <laughs> rank. It's all about experience. I'll be I'll be flight chief of the Air Force. You know? <laughs> you know? All right so i got to hawaii as a master with a line number uh pinned on senior master sergeant uh, running a flight as a senior master sergeant because we had uh senior nugent i think it was senior at the time senior nugent is the op soup and we had Chief yes. bender as the squadron soup
0: okay
1: and then bender went up to be the the uh, career field manager and then we all shifted to the right so now i'm up soup nice. and then uh, nugent made Chief, and he became the career field manager. And then I f- fleet up, so I got to Hawaii as a 7 I left uh, Hawaii as a E9.
0: Nice, yeah, right on. Did you? So, did you move up to that you were the squadron soup at that when you actually
1: ended up leaving? Or, yeah, I did flight chief, 25th? top soup, and then squadron superintendent all at the 25th okay. ASOS. And again, nice. jumping halo, um, uh, you know, yeah. on air strikes, heart, heart living. Um, Correct. I get a and then for Hawaii was there for there for five years again wow really yeah, yeah nice. the assignment kept you know extending you know sure so, sure yeah why not Tripping free plus phone. if you're
0: making rank I mean it makes sense you know why would they you know they already have somebody there that can
1: move into that position so why not keep you there yeah yeah and now I'm the chief i my own squadron so why not be the squadron chief of Hawaii
0: yeah so then you did five years in Hawaii you were the, um what what about uh after that where'd you guys go after that
1: yeah, so I get an email that says something about you being looked at for a commander involved program to Vance Air Force Base. And I call up Matt Nugent, I'm like, hey, man, Air Force bumped their head. I get this automatic email, <laughs> auto, automated email about going to Air Force Base. He laughed, like, yeah, let me go fix that. He calls me back and like, dude, this is legit. I don't know what's going on. I get this call from his 06 F 15 trolley pilot. He goes, hey, I'm a colonel, a full board colonel, so and so, so and so. Uh, commander of the 71st operations group. Uh, Your name's on the list for commanders Involved program. You're one of four people I'm interviewing to fill a position. I say, oh, appreciate it, sir. You can go from four to three because I don't want it. (laughs) He's like, what do you mean? I say, hey, man. He goes, let me tell you about the organization. So pilot training base, right? Um, 600 lieutenants. uh, Teach them how to fly airplanes. And that's the operations group. We have 200-something aircraft. Blah, 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 blah. So, Say, it sounds very important, sir, but that's not, I'm jumping Halo in Hawaii.
0: You're right.
1: My tech piece. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he said that's what I'm talking about is we need that candor, you know, we need operating experience. So sir, I'm not telling you this for you to hire me, you know. All right. You know, I so, said, hey, you know, I'm a chief, right? I'm not going to bitch complain. Uh, if you want me, we do great things together. But Robert Zachary wants you not hire me so we can do great things separately. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, all right, I got some interviews. I get back with you. And about a week and a half later, man, I get an email again, automated. Congratulations, you've been assigned to Vance Air Force Base. I was like, you gotta be kidding me.
0: Dude, this sounds like Lindsey when he got interviewed to be a command chief. I mean, he did the same thing. He like, he was like, I'm not interested. I don't want to do it. And I'm telling you, it's the caliber of guys like you and Kenny that are, that these people want. I mean, they don't, they don't want these cookie cutter, like, you know, knuckleheads. They want these hard charging, uh, leaders, you know these these combat hardened, uh, you know, frankly badasses that you know they want it. They want that that uh, that difference in their squadron. They don't, or their group or their wing or whatever. They don't want some, you know, I don't know some regular. They, they want a change. They want guys like you to come in there and shake it up and give them that tac p, combat veteran you know kind of uh, mentality and, yeah I mean it's like you there's nothing you got you got there's nothing you could have done probably to turn this guy off it was, the more you try to get out of it he wanted you even more after
1: that I'm sure yeah I think so and you know yeah, he's yeah. like hey man I'm a f-15 Charlie guy you know he's air to air so I can't yeah. spell bomb you know right and, yeah yeah and he's like hey you know 15 Charlie guys we don't deal with enlisted or any you know I fly man that's what I do you know you're like hey man I need somebody to give it to me straight you know it's not afraid to talk to an 06 you know the whole nine yards so I was like, "Hey, you know, um, I guess uh, California's not that bad." It's like, "No, no, 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 that's Vandenberg in California." It's like, "Where's, where's <laughs> Vance?" He's like, uh, "Oklahoma." Oh, okay. Well, I, I guess Oklahoma City's not that bad. No, 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 no. We're in a place called Enid. You know, it's on the Kansas-Oklahoma border. Like, it kept getting worse. You know, <laughs> so yeah. Uh, you know, I got there three months early, set up things for the family, flew the family in around January. So the family left Hawaii, probably 80 something degrees when they, when we landed in uh, Oklahoma, it's probably like seven degrees on the ground. You know, oh, my wife's looking at me like. You just spoiled her for 10 years
0: and now you're like,
1: now yeah, we're in Oklahoma. Yeah. Yeah. I'm about to get a trit. you know,
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but back to, again, you know, comparing contrast, man, um, there's a lot of good people in the Air Force that needs leadership. Right. Sure. Those airmen, whatever career field they're in, they're just like us when we're young. We just happen to yeah. be type B, but we need guidance and all that. And so um, it was refreshing to to just us be us. Right. Yeah. And they're like, oh, man, you, you're so great. the greatest leader. Like, no, I got a, a whole career field of people just like me. Right. Yeah. But it's the culture that we grew up in. Right. So it's sure. refreshing to those guys. And from there, uh, I did two years. And then I was selected to be the command chief for Laughlin Air Force Base in Texas.
0: Nice.
1: Um, Did that for two years. Again, eye-opening experience. Uh, Man, you know, unfortunately, I had some tag pieces like, "Hey, man, you guys are quitting. You guys are sellouts." And and I'm like, "Dude, like, you're too old to be that naive." I'm just gonna be frank. You know, there's some guys here for sure. And I quit it to like this. It's like a C Airman J tag saying he's gonna change the squadron from the senior JTAC position. Like, no, no, you need to be the superintendent of the squadron to change the squadron, to have right. the ear of the commander. You can't, I don't care how many badges you have, you can't do that at the senior JTAC level. Sure. And so our career field complained for so many years about how the Air Force this and the Air Force is that. The way you change that is to have senior listed leaders from our career field to have the ear of the O 06s, the, the two stars, the three stars, the four stars, so when that four-star general, that two-star general makes a decision about budgeting, planning, resources, priorities, not our jerk 206 radio, myopic, big picture, how it's going to attack P2 weapon system, all those things that Matt Nugent and Bender and guys was doing, you know, these um, uh, wing and numbered Air Force commanders who's going to make decisions in the Pentagon one day who had peas as their right-hand person, who they personally selected, giving them perspective that's how you change the Air Force. So when it's like, hey, we need to do this. I remember Chief Lindsey or Mark Vilella or Robert Zachary or uh, um, name all the command chief, Eddie Morales, right? Right, right. And this is perspective. Oh, these guys were TACPs. This is what they bring to the table. That's how and why TACPs started to evolve as well. Working in and up through uh, the career from manager, but all our TACPs spreading goodness where these two three four uh star generals are making decisions but they had type p's as a reference point and as a mentor you sure. know yeah. yeah and so that's how you change it so like you say you know we got you know older guys don't mean mature we got older guys never left the career field which is okay but they're bad mouthing guys who did with no uh perspective yeah. whatsoever you know and i so- never
0: understood uh, that like even if they even if you were going to do something which you definitely didn't even if you were going to do something that only served you or whatever like it's it's really none of their business i mean who who i mean there's always it's you're not no no one guy is going to bring the, the career field down and on top of everything you guys are not doing that you are going to these command chief positions to like you said to to spread the word about tech p because how else is this going to get elevated how else, how else are we going to get advocated for unless you guys go do that and i right. I, I think it's great. I mean, I mean, look at guys like, I mean, look at Marty Klukas who just, who you know, he he was the the man. I mean, he was, that was the the shiny example of what you can do as, as a, you know, a Comanche. So, I mean, if, if we didn't have guys like you and Marty and Kenny and, you know, Eddie, we would still kind of, I think we'd still probably be a little lower, like a oh, little out good. of the, you know, we wouldn't be where we were today for sure. Absolutely. Mark Hurst, yeah.
1: all these guys, right?
0: Mark Hurst, <laughs> another just <a> great example <laughs> for
1: sure. Yeah, and 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 just to command respect, you know. You know, um, I left. Uh, I was going to retire out of uh, Laughlin Air Force Base, and uh, they're like, uh, I knew Joe Bass before she was the chief, of my sergeant Air Force, you know. Okay. And uh, she's like, Hey, I heard you're going to retire. I'm like, yeah, what's wrong? I'm like, ain't nothing wrong, you know. It's like, oh, you don't want to? How about this wing and that wing? You know, it's a progression cycle, you know. And sure, sure. Perhaps do this, and you know, maybe in a few years you can. I really appreciate that, but I, I don't, you know, that sounds great. But, and uh, I was like, I'm, I'm going to call it quits. You know, I want my son to go to school at one location. I'm going to call Tampa home, you know, SOCOM. We always go back to SOCOM for schools, you know, had opportunity to go to Gisalsi, which is a nine month school, three months here in Tampa. Then went to Summit later on, which is a great school, high level, you know, top clearance level education, Chatham House yep. rules. And I like my is where it's at. I and mean, so I got a call from Greg Smith at the time he was the uh, SEL of, uh, you know, SOCOM. He's like, hey man, I heard you're retiring. Like, yeah, what's wrong? Nothing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Why does everybody ask that? Yeah. <laughs> no. You know, let people
1: think, you know, you know, I, I, quote unquote, so you got this like- or something yeah. or, yeah. Yeah, man, you can go to at least numbered Air Force, you know, maybe compete for Matchcom, you know, who knows, you could compete for a Chief Master in the Air Force one day, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, sure. You
1: know, those conversations was happening, you know, very often. And I was like, dude, I, I appreciate that, but, I, Yes. With good reason.
0: I mean, I'm telling you, I don't want to stroke you, but with good reason, man. I mean, you would have been a that's that seems like a natural progression for a guy like you, like especially for you that you. I think you could have been, you know, right up there too. So,
1: so I was going to do. Four and years they knew they knew out. what they were doing.
0: They knew what they were doing. I yeah. was like, man, this is
1: great. I was going to do four years and get out. So you guys already got extra credit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But but long short, man. He goes, hey, how about don't get out and move to Tampa? How about peace to Tampa? I have some special projects we want you to do here at Socom. I think it' a perfect fit for it for all these reasons, and uh, give me give me two and a half years. I said, all right, Greg, I give you a year and a half. Uh-huh. I, said, I gave you two years, but the last six months I got to operate. He goes, all right, deal. And so, um, again, another eye opening event working at the combat command level, right? Oh, for sure, right? SoCOM is the you know it's a functional, so we have the world. So we're yeah. both, you know, is functional the whole world, but is is uh, geographical because it's the whole world, you know. And so yeah. everything that goes with SOCOM, you know, from our you know uh, nuclear influence to in and human domain to we touch everything, right? The most right. lethal, right. the most lethal unit on the planet, right? And get to see that from behind the curtains with all the clearances. Oh man, right? You know what I'm saying?
0: I can't imagine the things you were exposed to at that level.
1: I mean, this is crazy. So I was like, man, this is. You know, this is, all, again, man, right place, right time. I stumble into, you know, all these positions. And, all right. and uh, but it was great. But back to what I was going to say, you know, about what Tech is bring to the fight. So you have General Clark, four-star general of SOCOM, the most lethal organization in the world. Mm-hmm. He's walking down the hall. And I have the balls or the stupidity <laughs> to say, how you doing, jump master? Not four star General Clark, sir, sure, sure. one too. Because I noticed at the Master Blaster wings, you know how we operate, man. You know, we, yeah. we like those titles. We earned that, right? You know, he was a jump sure. master before he was a four-star. Definitely, yeah, And he has all his entourage with him. So, you know, he's not walking solo. He got the person with the briefcase and his other person, people. I said, how yeah. you doing, jump master. And he stopped, he smiled. He goes, How you doing, Chief? Huh. Huh, Tac P. Two seven five. Where's your office? Dude, we had a twenty minute impromptu conversation. Nice. Right. So talk about representation. Yeah. Right. To not have the either balls or stupidity to call him jump master, but either hey, way, either way, like hey, huh, TAC P, I know what TAC P is bringing to the table because he grew up in the Ranger Regiment. Yep. As a young officer. Right. Right. And so that that TAC P, what we represent as career field meant something. But then he saw that we did that as TACPs uh at the Ranger Battalion. He knows the value that we bring to the battlefield. And it wasn't mm-hmm. some guy in the rear in the gear. We we're on the X. And so right. that respect, right? Four star general, but he respects that. Yeah. And so those are the conversations where now I have a door to him. Uh, Admiral Shemansky, who was the uh, uh, deputy commander. So three star equivalent Admiral Navy SEAL mm-hmm. type. Hey, Zach, anytime come here. Let's talk about whatever. That's not Zach coming. That's a Air Force TAC P talking to a Navy SEAL three star who stood up all the cool guy programs on the East Coast, right? He's right, right. That's that's the exposure. Yeah. Tell me what you need, right? That's why type P's need to leave the career field to have these conversations, you know. And now Admiral Green, who's the three star um um uh deputy commander who was the chief of staff another good story i'm sitting in staff meeting with all the generals two three are listed in there because my programs that i'm running and uh i'm looking at this two star he's looking at me like this this guy looks familiar and then i said sir he goes, huh?" he was a captain in 275 when i was staff sergeant really now he's the chief of staff of socom two-star right don't tell me that TACP is not, you know, making headway within the command, you know, For but you sure. can't do that. You can't do that from from the third ASOC. Right. You got to leave the career field. You know what I mean? So,
0: yeah, just just refreshing those guys memory of Tech P's. you know, seeing a guy like you walking through the hallway. They're like, oh, yeah, that's right. You know, and then it refreshes that. It keeps it fresh in their head that way when they're thinking about ops or they're thinking about whatever it is, money or their P will be in their in their cross check when they're doing that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. So then you, you did two. You gave him two years, a year and a half, uh, without processing. Yeah, did two and years yeah. and and,
1: uh, and I you retired. just got out
0: recently too, right? Yeah, I retired on twenty fourth February. That's right. Sorry, I couldn't a- make it, man. It's hard to get out of here and get anywhere. But congratulations on that. I mean, that's well deserved. I mean, you, you definitely have done your time and you've given a lot to the military and the career field. So, man, congratulations on that. That's awesome. Man,
1: I love every minute of it. It wasn't like it was yeah, a tour. You know what I'm saying? We're having a right. blast. <laughs> trying to figure it out, man. Not stumble over myself. Yeah, no doubt.
0: Um, so I kind of want to touch on a couple things uh, before we get off here. Um, we were going to talk about. Um, we have been talking about leadership all the way through. We've kind of, been, you know, you've kind of been talk- giving us some guidance. But do you have anything that you, as a chief, as a command chief, as somebody who's been at the highest levels of the military, can impart to anybody who's listening, or any like uh, any words of wisdom other than what you've already passed on? Do you have like any nuggets that? you know, people can use to, you know, maybe further their career more than they, they would have if they hadn't.
1: Absolutely. And I was saying before, you know, opinions are like buttholes. Everybody got one. So sure, sure. (laughs) Some are better than others though, you know, know, of course I have words of wisdom. Let me pontificate, you know, (laughs) (laughs) but no, uh, you know, several things, but I always tell guys, you know, Hey man, I go into organizations and, Hey, how can I become a command chief? How can I, you know, get to that level, you know, and, First of all, no, don't expire to that. It's be great where you at and, and progress through. You know, but the goal shouldn't be this, you know, this position, right? Season where you're at. But they ask, you know, what's the secret to having a great career? And they don't expect this answer, but I think it's true. I say who you marry and who you have kids with are the most important decisions you'll make for your military or any other profession.
0: Yeah.
1: Because when you having a sucky day and do you need to give extra at the job are you thinking about hey i have a support system at home or i'm gonna catch hell when i go home right when you're on the x knowing the mission is the family dynamics breaking down and the kids what? and you know where's where's mama at and what she spending or do you have that clarity of mind to focus on the mission you know everything's good so i tell guys and gals who you marry and who you have kids with is the most important decision of your professional career, and hopefully that's the same person. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And, optimally. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, no, no, nothing's perfect. You know, I'm not saying try to be perfect, or you know, if you, if that's, if uh, you have a divorce, or what, that's not the case, that's something wrong with you. Um, you ask me the question. They ask me the question. What's the most important advice I can tell you? That is the most important advice: who you marry and who you have kids with. That's the most important decision of your military career for yeah. setting the foundation and that but
0: um oh, that's great advice i mean it, the last thing you need is distractions or i that's i i never really thought about it like that like that's a good way to put it like you don't want you want somebody who's got your back you don't have you already have the stress of the job and, and maybe combat or whatever but you, so you don't need extra stress at home you know you need to come into a friendly place and kind of de- decompress as opposed to coming into another battle at the house you know that's a well said
1: you know, for sure, and I also say, you know, don't don't let your experience be your crutch. You know, we have guys who they have experience, but they're still closed minded. What I mean by that, uh, you know, we talk about guys go to Germany, never left the base camp. You know, go to the PX and back into the to dorms and say Europe sucks. And so now right. they're using their non-experience of being in Europe and never experienced Europe to shape their worldview view on everything else, and they use that as the gospel. Hey, I have the experience of this. You know, so we see this a lot and. You know, in the media, we see this a lot, you know, with our politicians, we see this a lot with our military leaders, within our tech piece where, you know, they have the opportunity and been in places to do things to gain an experience, but for whatever reason, they were there, but they weren't present, you know. Yeah. Uh, Comments like command chief, you know, we tell the airmen, they moved in, but they haven't moved in. You know, go walk around the dorms, call their life, and you see the airmen, they're there and present, but there's nothing on the walls. They got a bed, whatever. They're there physically, but they haven't moved in. Mm-hmm. They're, they're somewhere else. They're back home, wish they were there, or they're waiting for the next assignment. And when right. you're not present, you know, that's a, that's, that's a problem. You know, what's going on with you? Uh, but you have the other airmen and they decorate it. You know, it's all good to go. They're there, but they're also there, you know, so they yeah, moved yeah. in, move in. So that and then the last thing I will say is threefold is, um you know, three things is love, humility and receipts um, to be great at something. You got to love it. And the love can come from a whole host of different reasons. You love it because the accolades you're going to get and the ribbons and, you know, the badges, you know, the bonafitos, or you love the mission, which I think we did. It was all about the mission. How can I get better? Or or you love who you're doing it with, you know, the guys at the 14th the guys at the Rangers or why are you doing the mission? But somewhere in that equation, you have to have love to, to, Mm. to go from being okay to, you know, to be awesome. Again, in my humble opinion. Uh, And then I said the humility, you know, it's not thinking less of yourself; it's thinking less about yourself, right? And that humility will allow you to self-criticism. You know, we have a lot of people who, and I just talk about our, our career field and you know, our social media pages where you know it's all my optic, and you know, we're growing, this side can do no wrong, and this side is always it's always right, and that's not that's that's blind and it's ignorant, and it's very um, uh, very immature in your thought process. But the humility once you have that. Hey, let me check my 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 dominant logic. Let me check my my beliefs. Yeah. Right? You know, so you have your external beliefs and you have your internal convictions. Where do those come from? So humility allow you to 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 be open to something and you may not change, but at least you looked at it, you analyzed it and say, Hey, uh, I see what you're saying, but I disagree. That's okay. But if you don't never get to that point, you know, uh I don't think you can be a a a a great leader uh without having, you know, humility, uh, as a, as a leader. Sure. Um, and the last thing it says receipts, man, what's your body of work? You know, guys talk, talk all the game. You see people on social media, Hey, follow my 12 step leadership guide book and all that, like, well, you never led before, you know, yeah. the people confused being polished or being popular, you know, for being a you know, to, to what you're talking about, you know, um, mm-hmm. uh, being polished with professionalism, you know, being polished for being a professional, you know, where are right. your receipts? Right? What's yeah. your body of work? Have you earned my my time and my ear? You know. So your body of work. What's your experience? You no. Know, academics too. Training versus education. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, we got a lot of badges. But what's your thought process? Because Halo School and Ranger School and Pathfinder School is cool, but when you at the level where you're making critical decisions, it's not your training is going to get you through. It's your education. How do you have critical thought and think through these things? So for his advice as we go through the cool guy schools and we start tackling these hard positions at the combat command level, at the command chief level, it's not about the bonafitos in your chest, what's your thought process and how do you compartmentalize, analyze, and come to new conclusions based on the data that you receive. So these skills don't happen overnight, it takes time to develop. And then lastly, your mental, this comes for body work, your mental elasticity, right? How can you stretch? If you're I mean, you gonna stay there, and you get the same conclusions. But how can you stretch mentally to to look at things? Well, I'm going on about about leadership, you know, because you know we talk about what's next is, is you know I have a, a leadership company. I hate using that word leadership company because everyone has a leadership company. Sure, uh, okay. but <laughs> but I focus on strategic thinking and operational problem solving. Right? Okay, we're going to organize organizational design, organizational development, you know, ethics, you know, all these things, but. How do we think strategically and how do we problem solve for the operation and okay. so we have business and frameworks and you know based on my undergrad as a uh international relations um, all the military schools with jsoc JSOW, summit those things high level uh, chatham house rules and then my master's studies uh with strategic leadership and there's some other courses i be be able to attend. You know, that's Comanche from you know University of North Carolina, uh, Chapel Hill. Uh, got to yeah. attend some MIT courses while or a MIT course while here at SoCom. So again, uh, nice. How, how how do we transfer you know the cool guy trigger pull into to uh, the thought process? Because this is a not a war of attrition. This is a war of cognition. Russia and China war of cognition. Yeah. Um, and I believe our country can be defeated without pulling the trigger uh, if our population is not educated and cognitive of what's going on. So, uh, sure. yeah. So, yeah, I'll leave it at that, man. So, I'll talk. so what's the
0: name? What's the name of your company?
1: So uh, Primer yeah. Development Group. Uh, I got my hat on here. Uh, Seths okay. plug here because uh, i'm unemployed you know i turned down jobs to to, to leave my company so i'm going to plug my company. but uh yeah primer development comp uh, primer development group uh the website is primer p-r-i-m-e-r-d-g.com okay yeah, awesome. awesome
0: well zach i can't thank you enough for doing this man that 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 was a great wrap up i i, I don't have anything to add that was perfect um uh and i definitely want to hear about you know, i'll have, to have you on again to tell me about all that 275 stuff i'm sure that's a A couple hours of of material there. Um, Ten percent,
1: On ten percent is true.
0: Right, right, right. (laughs) No, but man, I, I, am really impressed with you. I've always have been, and uh, you know, just the things you've done and uh, and where you ended up was just phenomenal. I mean, to be to end up at SoCOM and that kind of level is just is really cool. I'm I'm really happy for you and um, congratulations on the retirement.
1: And uh, yeah, thanks again for coming on. I can't thank you enough. I, hey, thanks for asking me, but also as large, thanks for doing this for the career field. You know what I'm saying? And, oh yeah. And uh, like I said, man, you know JD Welshman is one of those names. You know, there's certain names out there when you hear like, yeah, that's a good dude, right? And or sure. or, or also, you know, where's the receipts, right? Right. right. That the guys yeah. who talk to talk and got walk the walk. Hey man, JD. Oh yeah, I know JD. 0-375, right? So man, it's good catching up with you after all these years you too. and too too long. And thanks for doing this, brother. Love you, man.
0: Yeah. All right, man. Love you too. I'll, uh, I'll reach back out to you for another one, uh, in the future.
1: Sure. Sure, man. All right, brother. If,
0: if you're willing, if you're willing, I don't know. Well, of course. Know you're a busy dude.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. I think, uh, me talking a lot. That's no, that's no problem with
0: that. I uh, know. Yeah. That, it, it was perfect. I, this is awesome. I can't thank you enough. All right, brother. Hey, take care of yourself, All right. man. All right, man.